the Everyman Podcast. Another week, another pod, another beautiful trip in the Cosmic Canoe with one of our returning guests, one of our favorite guests. Dude, every time. Every time. Never, every time. Never ceases to amaze us. World-class drummer, legendary Mike Mangini Mm. from Dream Theater. Hopping in the Cosmic Canoe, talking football, talking Dream Theater. New album, A View from the Top of the World, which is coming up 10-22-21, which happens to be our wedding day to my beautiful fiance Sam. So it's kind of funny. We we talk about the Cosmic Canoe all the time. It's like he couldn't have have planned that one out any more interesting. It's just funny how that works. Um, But uh, before we jump into this podcast, we hope you've been enjoying the last couple weeks here. Uh, Dylan Dickstein interview was was a blast as always. Hi, you see what I did there? It was a blast. Oh, Um, yeah. And uh, that'll be up on the YouTube soon. The the YouTube version of this podcast will be up in about a week. Um, If you haven't had a chance yet, take a look at everymanpodcast.tv backslash merch. Get yourself an Everyman Podcast t-shirt, mug, sticker, hand warmer, tumbler, carrier pigeon, pigeon, helmet. We've got it all. Um, All that and more, everymanpodcast.tv backslash merch for your shirt today. And uh, if you're you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Hop in, grab an oar, uh, put your life jacket on, and enjoy yourself. And with that being said, let's kick it to our interview with Mike Mangini from Dream Theater. Do it. Joining us, do a drum roll. Yeah, yeah. You can next time. I'm next time. I'm just gonna have you intro us in. That would make much more sense, ladies and gentlemen. Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is uh, a man who needs no introduction. World class drummer from Dream Theater, Mike Mangini. Mike, how are you, bro? Very, very well, Justin. How are you, Daryl? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I wish I was on time, uh, but apologies for all that, fellas. Hey, oh, gosh, it's, duty hey. calls, man. You're, it, there's, it's, it's a beast. You got to do I what was, you got to uh, do. It's, it's, it's either Roger Goodell or his wife or these new shows, whatever it is. You know, what, does Roger Goodell's wife have a reality show now? Uh, no, we got we got a couple shows, a couple projects we're doing, and um, you know, it's uh, one of the reasons why I'm a little late today. And uh, that and Zoom. That, yeah, and I, I, I got a hey, I, I've got a room full of three things going on over there. So I'm mm-hmm. I, and I even forgot. I didn't. It was just a, by chance. I looked at the um, my messages, and, and Justin's like, "Are you ready for seven? I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's seven o'clock." You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> the time flies. But as far as that countdown, you know, um, it, it's it's almost like um, there's a lot of I, I see comedy skits all the time in my mind, and and thank God for comedy and humor, but. Um, you're counting down, right? To count the show, and, and I'm like ready to hit something. Yeah, ready to, ready <laughs> you just, like, your instinct takes over. I know what you mean. I mean, it's 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 like a cadence. Yeah, blue blue sixty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green, yeah. Uh, I I hear Brett Favre. Zebra Omaha. fifteen. Zebra zebra fifteen. <laughs> he called the zebra fifteen. Why do I remember that? Why does that stick in my mind? A zebra fifteen. It's we, it's. We, it's uh, it's become like my uh, my cadence for getting sliding right into podcast recording mode. We've oh, yeah. had a couple times where I forget what exactly it was, but we couldn't do that, and I just couldn't, I couldn't start without doing the countdown. It just it just messed my messed my whole well, thing up. 
Well, yeah, well, it makes me want to hit something, and if I do a cadence, it makes Daryl probably knock his desk over. Oh, yeah, want to go straight to the, <laughs> hit straight the, to the uh, monitor, yep. right through the LED screen, man. Yep. Yeah. So, Blue 42, Blue 42. Omaha. <laughs> Omaha. 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 Daryl just came through the computer. <laughs> All so, right, so what do we got cooking? Well, we turn it on over to you, Justin. Thank you, Mr. Mangini, and I'll tell you what, man. It's that time of year, new Dream Theater album, A View from the Top of the World, is coming out. October 22nd, 2021, which happens to be my wedding day, our wedding day, the wedding mm-hmm. day. Oh, yeah. And I think I'm going to make a change to the DJ's playlist and just, you know, there's going to be a power hour sometime around 9 o'clock of the new Dream Theater album. I'm going to see how that goes. I think that'll really, that'll really pop the party off, but I'll be having a good time. Well, and yeah. I, I have to throw a funny one at you. Um, during mine, I had put together on CD, of course. It wasn't a oh yeah, or anything. It was on. Uh, oh no, no, actually, it was on a phonograph record with a crank. <laughs> and one of those old clay discs <laughs> yeah, yeah, from yeah. the jungle. So, so I, I had the dinner set, and mm. there was you know some cool sassy jazz and just some light songs and everything. And for humor, about. You know, seventy percent of the way through, I put Mr. Crowley in. There. Oh God! Oh yeah! What a great song! It yeah. caused a ruckus. I mean, I got scolded in front of the entire thing. You know, my. <laughs> you got to pick new, your battles, right? My my new father-in-law cut right up to the tip. Goes, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I probably wouldn't uh, get away with it myself, but. Um, yeah. Nevertheless, a couple singles have come out. Uh, you've mm. been posting video playthroughs at 110% tempo because you're a madman. And um, I noticed right off the bat you're doing some, some things differently. So tell us, you know, what's, what's going on with the view from the top of the world, with the drum kit, with, with your approach to it, and um, tell us about your, your experience with the record. It's... Um, uh I'm thinking back, what month is this? This is September, isn't it? Just just about over, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this this is like a year ago it started, right? I mm-hmm. mean, well, last fall anyway. Oh my gosh, that's uh that's that's quite a while. So um um the bottom line is 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 we went in really with no preconceived notions other than uh as far as going into the room, like we had talks and thoughts and you know, right before we went in, I know I was very, very big on saying, let's just not try to do anything except go play. And the funny thing is that I was asked in an interview last week about the influence of some of the older Dream Theater records on this. And I'm like, basically, well, where did you hear that from? No, not at all. And you know, we just went in the room. And what? Like, where did that come from? And, and Dream Theater just posted an interview, and I'm in it with everyone, and all we're talk- they're talking about is how the older records influence. And I look like a big buffoon. I don't know when any of these interviews are going to come out, but I'm like, no, we didn't. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And literally, <laughs> but, but when, I, when I look at the interview where a couple of the guys were talking about the older records, I looked at me and I was zoned out, so that's why I didn't remember it. <laughs> read it yeah, what are you gonna say? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what am I gonna say? I mean, I, 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 some, uh, love that snare. The, I mean, yeah, <laughs> so, well, yeah, part of the reason I zone out is I wasn't there, and what that helps me do is not interrupt 
It just helps me not interrupt. But I completely, I was so deep out of it that I didn't even remember the conversation. And these, and like few, uh, probably three or four interviewers were like talking about this. I'm like, where are you guys, where are you getting this from? Like, what? Uh, they're quoting what, you directly. What, what old records? Yeah. Like, you know, because yeah. I remember going in the room, being the last one, I think, to say something, going, let's just not be anything, do anything, look at and just say, go play. We're just going to go play. And I, I didn't remember it, so it's like, now there's this big interview out. And I'm just like, uh-oh. I did. I, I, I caught the interview. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um. hey, well, you can't be expected to remember everything. You do a lot of interviews. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I know. You know. So especially all the notes in these songs, which is uh, quite, quite a quite an interesting learning curve because nothing is, is, um, is, um, uh, is really repeated. You know when I when I play for real like that, I just go in and play, and so every section is different from every section and every, every bar. It just just nothing really repeats, unlike you know lots of other tracks that have like these structured okay well this is you hit the snare on the three and then the four and then the snare on the three and then the five and they hit the snare the three and the four and it's like sectionalized like that but i didn't really do a whole heck of heck of a lot of that so um uh that's that's quite a it's quite an undertaking i have to tell you but the bottom line is we went in there and had a lot of fun and um it basically you know the two songs that we released they're sort of the, I don't know if I'm on point here saying like they're the extremes and one side and then the other side. In other words, everything else is like more similar together as a group. And like, you know, the, the alien is just, it was just a way to make a statement. It wasn't about writing a song that, that Elton John would sing. It's something You know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. The, the sing song ability of... It's the like la, a Ferrari. La, 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 la. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it like the reckoning of a song, like you were it, trying to get it, that thing out. It's just like, it's just making a statement about how we felt as far as the music and the sound and all of it. It's just like, blah, you know, like, oh my gosh, we've been in this lockdown thing and and we're Dream Theater, and there's a pair of sticks of my ha- in my hands, and everyone has their instruments, and we we just gonna like <laughs> rip it up. So I mean, it's like not being able to get near a, a football, and you pick it up, and you smell it, and you look at it, you right. grab it, and then you just can't wait to throw it or catch it, you know, mm-hmm. or kick it. I don't know, <laughs> or hit somebody with it. <laughs> or hit somebody with it. Maybe the smell isn't uh, the big thing, but I always. I love a new football. You, you, you could tell me that you've never smelled when you get a football. Oh yeah, you smell it. Oh yeah, the leather. Oh, come yeah. on, anything. Smell leather. the leather. I smell a lot of That's leather. Right. Smell the glove. Smell the glove. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I smell the glove. <laughs> great, great <laughs> reference. Here. Smell the glove. Oh it's man, like, Artie uh, Fufkin. It's like I. Uh, hang on, <laughs> Would you, hey, Mike, have you ever smelled a football? Um, uh, it's like a meeting you go to, or a whole group of people. Like we were, we got a bunch of football sniffers around. Yeah. <laughs> We, we all have to admit it. We like the smell of football. Take yeah. a deep inhale. I will, Take yeah. a deep one. I will, I will admit. Um, That's so funny. Now, what, were we, what were we talking about? Because we had a grade five. We released two songs. You know, we've got the whole, we got five more that are, I think, uh, inside the accordion and just like out of control in, a, in, in, a, in both ways, like the song quality and the musicianship. There's a real amazing combination in, in what's left to come out. So. Well, one of the things I noticed, and there's this kind of this, you know, as a, as a very long time Dream Theater fan, there's always this kind of 
rush to have a news, some sort of media st- story that's like, oh, it's like old Dream Theater. Like they're always chasing this nostalgic version of Dream Theater that I think some people. I, I think that if you're a fan of Dream Theater at this point, you're there for the whole thing, and you're not just here still because of Pull Me Under 30 years ago or whatever, you know? Mm. And when I yeah. listen to Invisible Monster, like especially the guitar parts, you hear it's like signature John, but it's also pushing the edge of like the modern, you know, string skipping, arpeggiated riffage that's going on right now like these young guys kind of started doing and and it's like i get what you say what you mean when you say like it's us kind of just reacting and being like ah we want to be dream theater and i can hear it and it's almost like yeah we want to be dream theater but there's some new Mm -hmm. like tricks in the in the bag so to speak and um i'm really you know looking forward to getting my my hands on it because the alien was the first one that was written and invisible monster was the sixth one that was written in fact, when we wrote Invisible Monster, we thought we were done. And so that, that, that was just like, well, you know, what haven't we done? And John has said in like, well, you know how interviews go. You know, one of us gets interviewed and then it gets copied and, you know, pasted right. all, all over the place. So anyway, he's like, he said that I, that I said in rehearsal or in the writing process, hey, let's, let's do something a little different here, like more mid-tempo maybe, because we didn't... Uh, we didn't kind of do that yet, which, um, you know, I actually don't remember every detail of who said what or did what anymore. I'm just like, oh, okay. You, you know, say but I, so. I, 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 yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I do remember um, that, yeah, because, uh, in fact, John Myung had made, she said, I don't remember what the heck he said that prompted that thought for me, but then I blew it out and was like, hey, blah, 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 and then we might have gone back and forth. But anyway... That's what you got. You really technically got the first and last songs written, even though we wrote a song after Invisible Monster, which was Awaken the Master, because John got an eight-string guitar and wanted to use it, and we're like, well, let's put another one on. We have room anyway. Awaken the Um, Master? I love that name. I love these names. It's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that one. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, That's something. So um, <laughs> anyway, that's what it is. And as far as, you know, mentioning the nostalgia or uh, it's always, you know, I mean, we're under a microscope to the point that it's almost hilarious, you know, how it's like it doesn't matter like how long any, you know, whatever, even if a small group of fans, it just no matter what, there's nothing I can do right, you know, and which is, which is fine. People are used to what they're used to and all that. You know, that doesn't, that, that, that just doesn't. Oh, I know. I just, I'm just like, you know, okay, that is what it is. I understand that. But even with that crowd, it's really um, odd if it's true and maybe you can check it out, but it's like all the first comments that come up are like slamming us and it's all that crowd. In other words, what are they, why, are they always the first ones to comment? If it's true, like they're just waiting for it and just waiting to be the first ones I think, to say something. Is that true? Yeah, I think that I, I think that the, there's a vocal minority that that they're the ones that are <laughs> engaging but are quickly. They, but are they always like waiting on our every move? It is weird. Hanging in the wait, even though they don't like us anymore. It's like it's. I, I find that. I think they want to prove bizarre. themselves right. I think that's what it is. Like they want to prove their hot takes right. You know. Well, that, I mean. 
I don't know what it, all I know is one thing that they're there and they're there all the time. So I'm just yeah. wondering why as far as that, but maybe it's a, you know, again, a nostalgia thing where, Hey, I'm a fan of ACDC. I really don't want them going too far off from back in black. I don't, you know, I mean, uh, every, every band has had a couple of albums or whatever, or era or whatever it is that certain people just like. And, when you when when it gets changed, it's uncomfortable. So I, here's the thing: the bottom line about it all, I understand that. I, I said it from the from day one. I'm like, I'm not going to be liked by you know x x percentage of people, and it's I wouldn't like me either. <laughs> so whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, you can't you can't make everybody happy. Now I don't know. One of the things that struck me though is. In that video where you're rehearsing, the alien is is the the layout and the size of the kit. Yeah. And then when I see, again the music video for Invisible Monster, that there it is. You know, I'm not. I don't see the big old Mangini Metroplex. What's uh What's <laughs> the deal with with the small kit and the new layout? Well, it would be like if uh, Daryl, if if you went to line up. And suddenly the ref came out and said, okay, guys, uh, we're doing five on five now. He'd be like, um, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, so we got to change the whole game plan here. But it's it's a matter of uh, it's the room, the lack of room in the room. I could have set a bigger kid up. I, I just, um, and I could have added more. I could have set up the whole thing. It was just, it was it was suggested just, just a, about, walking around the room and not s- tripping over stands and microphone cables. And I just found it interesting. So that's what it's really about was the room. And um, if we expand that, you know, I'll, I, it, actually, even if we didn't, I can still fit the other one in there. In fact, um, when we put the drum kit together for touring, it'll essentially be the same frame as the other one, but minus a lot of stuff. So, like, so some things are going to be removed, like an entire, maybe a tier or this, you know. But it's still going to be within the same square footage. So I, I could have used it. But basically, it was like, okay, let's, let's mix it up. Let's try something different here. And it was pandemic time. I mean, you know what actually crossed my mind was, gosh, Dream Theater is not capable of showing up and playing somewhere. Like to get some backline, or, or just to you can't just roll into a club have, and yeah, just have like call minimal, Sam Ash, uh, yeah, yeah. A, min, a minimal amount of stuff, and just make a show happen. And I'm like, I wonder if that's ever going to. It hasn't happened to us, but it might be fun for me to learn how to do this just in case it does. And so uh, there was a lot that went through my mind. Also, how about this? Imagine that that the kit has one rack, Tom. One, it has one floor tom. One, it's like uh, was a Joe Piscopo and and Johnny Dangerously. My mother said that to me once. Once <laughs> was that the line? Was that the line? He was. I don't even remember. See my mind. Oh my gosh, I I'm in the wrong business. I think I I gotta like, Daryl. Do you have any openings for a I, little bit? I, I keep saying you should you need to come where I'm at. Be a storyteller. You know what I'm saying? I Every, I'm, everybody be on board. I, I, I can I can make everyone have their jaw on the ground, making up some story in about 
right impromptu. I can improvise on the spot. You get all we need is B roll. All we need is good B roll, and it'll and people will believe it. I'm I, I promise you. I promise where, you. Where are you located? <laughs> you're you're in Philly, right? Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Come right on in here. Second New floor. Jersey. We'll be in here together. Right across I the bridge. You know what? It won't. You know what? It won't take me that long to drive there. You tell me when. Get me in there. I'll bring the popcorn. Anyway, there we go. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to wear a Terrell Owens shirt though if I bring the popcorn. Oh yeah. All right. So, but which one? The Eagles? I would have to be Eagles. Yeah, no, I think you would go the with the hometown. The Eagles. Yeah, there you go. I was unbelievable. He played that Super Bowl with a what? He had a broken. He was incredible. He was incredible. How and many months yeah. before? Are you, what? Are you kidding me like, right now? Like six weeks or something insane. Yeah, I know we're off on a tangent, but see, that's why I'm into sports and things, and I know my statistics and my players. I just absolutely, I don't know why that I would, I'd rather watch that. I don't listen to a ton of music. I don't read up on music. I don't follow bands. I don't do it. It's, it's weird, isn't it? But I just. It's awesome. It's, I, I love maybe. the statistics. That means you're an analytic yeah. genius. I mean, it's like, it's like, I, my drumming the sources of it are not other drummers and things for the most part. It's it's databases. It's inspiration from sports. I, I watch a football life and I and, and I got a tear in my eye because John Randall is back in his you know, the house he grew up in. Oh my gosh. That shanty? Oh my gosh. Was that unbelievable? Oh my goodness. Like, With all of his siblings too? Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, whoa, well, this is like this is this is this is <laughs> this is America. This is this is love. This is this is like you know what? Make something of yourself. Do something with yourself. It's just unbelievable to me. So I know we're way out on a tangent now, but back to the drums um, and the drumming. So I shrunk the kit. We've got one gong floor tom, my one mini snare, with the, which is my signature, and two tubes. And I should call them cannon drums because that's what Pearl calls them a cannon toms, but everyone sees them as octobons. I call them octobons, yeah. I know. So I'm 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 undertaking this impossible task of renaming them tubes because tubes is funny. <laughs> yeah, <the> tubes. <laughs> it's, I love it's, it. It's yeah, it's funnier than octobons, although that's got a pretty good bounce to it. The sound of octobon. It sounds mm-hmm. it sounds very classy. Octobon. It sounds like a Bond villain, yeah, and yeah, I love Bond villains. It's it's yeah. There you go. It's fun to say. Yeah. So anyway, that was it. But the pitch. The pitches go from very high to very low, so I'm spanning the same pitch range as the big kit, but with one drum for every three or something. It, actually, that's what it is. That's probably what it is, like a one tom-tom instead of the three and one floor tom instead of three, and I have the one gong drum. So Dude. I guess... The, you calculated just to figure out uh, your conversion rates for your... Your Tom, but you fills. still get the that like that amazing big sound as if you had a full, you know, yeah. kit, which is amazing. Like, how, how do you do that? That's well, I mean, I could show you my triceps. And- oh, oh my god, dude, you're jacked! Holy shit! I don't have, look, For those listening to the audio only version, check out the YouTube of this. Mangini is jacked. Mike, no, I don't I, lift weights. I, I know I'm not jacked. What, what's up, Daryl? I don't have any tickets to this gun show you're taking. No, to. dude, like it's, it's crazy. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty good. Unbelievable. <laughs> not even kidding. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I've. I, I lifted once and it really helped me. I should have continued it. In fact, I think um, I might have to hit a little bit of a routine soon anyway. But. You know, you, you'll lock down for a couple of years. You can tend to end up in a chair like this doing computer work yep. eight, 
to 10 hours a day has a toll. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it takes its toll. Now, are you planning on, because, you know, from looking at it, I I would think if you're going to play, you know, older stuff or something like Pale Blue Dot, like you would have to make adjustments. And how do you go about planning those adjustments? And is that part of, you know, just trying to challenge yourself more and, and push yourself? Or is it just really trying to be more efficient? Like what's the, what's the motivation there for that? Well, the motivation is the, is reality in front of me, meaning I need to assess the reality of the environment I'm going into. That's what I've done for every audition, every gig, any, I, I got to examine it. What I mean by that is <clears throat> the reality of the environment I'm going into on tour is that I'm playing other songs other than the ones on this record. And I'm doing it you know, in that kind of environment. So I'm thinking about a combination of the solidness of the drum kit, meaning it has to be moved. The te- you know, Eric, it's got to really like, you know, bounce that thing here and there and throw it in the cases and the cases get shoved in a truck. So it has to be solid. Because thank God the, the Pearl stuff is just, it's, it's ridiculously like amazing. You can't do anything to this, this particular equipment I have. But um, the other thing is the material. So what I have to do is I had to get the set list, which I got a while ago, and I had to spend time with the other material, you know, um, from, uh, from, from both drummers' eras, both of us. So uh, the bottom line is I have to assess, like, well, wait a minute. This kit is absolutely not enough. I mean, for me to hit all the right drums the right way, it's, just, it's not going to cut it, but I'm going to try to make it cut it. And so I spent X amount of, you know, song learning days um, with just the same kit from A View from the Top of the World. And I got as far as I could until just a couple of songs. I was like, mm, you know, I just want to have one more drum one more octo, or one more tube instead of the two, maybe three tubes, and I can get away with that because my mini snare is is like the same pitch as the high tube anyway. So what's the difference? Um, and maybe one of the tom, just just to hit some of the the sounds because I mean with one rack tom, and you go to the, especially the older Dream Theater, you know that's that's just not going to cut it for that. And if you uh, go to, oh, clearly you go to my era, it's not, either era, it doesn't matter whose it is. We both use a bunch of stuff. So that's what I do. So I assessed it <clears throat> and I assessed it like, well, wait a minute. There were really only tapping into, you know, a few songs that we're talking about here. So in a two hour show, why would I gear, you know, three quarters or an hour and, you know, an, an hour and 40 minutes to, you know, to three songs that are only going to be 20 minutes. Like, why would I do that? So um, I, I figured it out on a small kit and added a couple of things, and that's where it stands right now. So it's a matter of what songs am I playing, what do I really, really, really need or not, and I don't know that until I spend some time with it. And it's like, okay, what's the environment? I can't just keep it on, I don't think, regular stands here and there. So I have to secure it and make it easy so Eric can, like, rip it down and put it back up. Like, when the rack, racks are good like that. You just, like, a, it's a big Lego set, you know? So um, 
And I also have to think, well, wait a minute. How can I make it look so it doesn't look like I'm behind the same giant metal frame? Can I do anything just to make an adjustment? And, and, and I, I, I believe I have. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll know it when we build it. But um, that's the thought process. What am I dealing with? I'll tell you what. It's going to be – it's interesting seeing it, uh, you know, uh, you're kind of known for having this big tower of power type kit. So it's it's cool to see you a little bit more because I think it makes you, I don't know, a little, just visible in a different way, um, yeah. w- which is cool. And uh, I've been enjoying watching it. But Yeah, and I, and I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of a wild thing. There's, there's so many components to this. For example, the reason – the reason I can do this, and I have done it on every record I'm on, every clinic I do is a different setup. The Dream Theater audition was a different setup than I ever played. This, you know, each tour and each album has a slightly different setup to it. And the reason I can do that is because I trained my body to be as even, you know that, as all four limbs at least can, at least can be even up to a, a point and do anything within a spectrum, a reasonable spectrum. So it doesn't matter where anything is. Every time I do sessions, and I've done, you know, a few different ones, and uh, stuff like that, this in the past whatever months, I sit there and ask the engineer, you know, is this in the way? Should I put the symbol there? Every one of them has gone, are you kidding me? You just asked me that? Like, you're, you're the drummer, just set your stuff up. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter where it is at all as long as i can reach it so what's what would be fun and different and i think it in a twisted way i get off on that i'm just going to change it i'm going to put something where it's not supposed to go and just see what happens and giggle and then you know and then you know how it goes you know everyone and their mother's got something to say about i have too many drums i do have too little drums you you need all those you can't play with it you get that blah 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 it's very strange man it's like do, do keyboard players go up to each other and say, you know, or a little group of them go, hey, that dude needs all 88 keys to play. And like, <laughs> what a dork. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a dork. Uh, hey, that guitarist, uh, he could never do that gig with three strings. No way, man. Well, you know. You know what? Why, why don't they do that stuff? But they always do it to drummers. <laughs> I know. It's funny. And especially in the, the drumming in the metal world metal adjacent world is very competitive i've always found and okay good it's different yeah and it's it's different than uh it's like you're showing off your kit you know like it's it's kind of a culture a subculture within drumming i think is like the drum kit uh size culture you know i definitely gosh yeah give me like just stab me will you um, it's like so. It's just weird. It's I just, know. That's just that's just like <laughs> weird. You know it's a weird why? thing to, it's, to be it's, into. It's just like it's like I've never tapped anyone on the shoulder, doing whatever they do in life, and said, "Hey, hey, 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 stop having fun." Stop, yeah. You, 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 stop having fun. Hey, you with all those fun, fun drums. Stop it. Stop having fun. Well, you know, it's like I don't know, Daryl on the football field. Maybe some players are a little bit more comfortable. Trash talking. Some are less comfortable. Some are in the middle. Some are great guys. Who, you know, they're better sports or less or whatever it is. They have a different level of how they handle themselves or maybe celebrate after a play or not. But it's like, it, I mean, at some at some point, 
you got to look at somebody that does it a certain way and you just look at it and go, they're having a good time, man. You know, they're jumping up in front of their, their family. Absolutely. TV. It's like, whatever, you know, it's like, and we mentioned T.O. earlier. He did the whole thing with the popcorn. I mean, that's like, that's the kind of thing that really gets a certain crowd irate. Just irate, mad, 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 which I find that's what makes me laugh at it. I'll go do it again. See, that's that, that pro wrestling psychology that I love about <laughs> the world is, is once, you, once yeah. you see it, it's like, oh, wait, there's a benefit of pretending to be the villain, you know, and just, just yeah. riling people up. It's fun and I mean, sometimes financially successful. Yeah, you know, and 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 and, and even with with the critiques, I mean, we all we all have critiqued. I'm sure, you know, this just a sometimes it's fun. So I so I I don't mind that it's done to me with the drums. So do you really hit all those drums? Like, um, no, um, you know, uh, I, let I me just tell you put something, them up Mike. there. We, In fact, <laughs> I, I have fish inside of one of them. We, I once got a DM from a listener that said something along the lines of, "I would literally listen to this man talking about our guest take a dump." and find that more interesting than your podcast. And I was like, well, I, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. I hope you have a great day. You know, like <laughs> you really can't do it. And I was thinking like, man, like really, it was well, worse than listening to this guy take a shit, you know, but so it's, and that's when I stopped, you know, reading uh, things that I get on Twitter. Yeah. Are you, are you going to do the beep thing? Take a boop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Be like, bleep, like bleep it out. Yeah. You know? the pop will make a splash sound. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mike, last question about the album before we move on to a couple other things here as we wrap up. Do you feel any different after recording this album um, versus, you know, the, the last few that you've done with Dream Theater, different circumstances? You know, especially distance over time, you guys had that amazing cabin experience in, in that studio and everything that went with that uh, versus how you guys recorded this one. Do you, do you feel any different towards it? Yes, I feel differently. I feel better. I feel um, it's the the best one. It was the most. It was the most amount of teamwork thus far on you know, uh, m- musically speaking. And um, and I'm not talking about everybody putting in like an exact amount of parts or notes. That's not what I mean b- b- by by equal. What I mean by equal is that everyone chimed in on everything equally, meaning there's always going to be people in the band that do more than others in certain areas. It's just what it's going to be. I'm not going to sit there on the drums with the keyboard behind me pretending that I'm going to sit there and go through four different inversions and progressions. That's Jordan's going to do that, and John's going to be right there with him, or John's going to be suggesting things like that. You know know what I'm saying? But when I say... um, it's the most equal thing. I meant that we're all chiming in. It's like a just giant filter. That's why the music is is uh, you know it is what it is because because everyone like evaluated everything. Like, are we okay with every single piece? You had five people. Like, okay, well, I got an idea. Let's try that. No, yes, everything went through a filter. So it was really gratifying in that way. It was gratifying because I was able to spend more of my past years and my engineering abilities with Jimmy T, learning from him, going back and forth so that when he got all that stuff set up, I knew what was going on. He knew, I knew. We tried some things we talked about. And then it was, you know, then my, you know, I'm a believer in autonomy. Then I was like, okay, this is now go in the room and, and, and do it how you do it. It was the same thing with, um, with how Andy mixed it as well. I mean, of course I have opinions in this and that and, and whatever it is. 
And so, uh, you know, th- that that whole thing, we just had a lot more of everybody in there, you know. And, 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 and Petrucci did a fantastic job producing in that way on this album. Just kind of like, okay, you know, this will do this, or he'll do that. You do, just like, okay. And then it's like, all right, I got this riff. I'm like, yes, you do. And no one else does. Let's hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, awesome. you know, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing. So, I mean, the, the vibe was great, the teamwork. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, um, I, I can hear more of what I'm doing than, than I have ever uh, in, in, in my era here. You know, so it's a growth. It's, it's, a, it's a growth thing. And, um, yeah, I just feel better in every way about this one. So, there you go. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, again, I love what I've heard so far. Can't wait to get my my paws on the whole thing. Um, again, a, a view from the top of the world, October twenty second, twenty twenty one, everywhere uh, music is available. And um, mm-hmm. one of the other things I've been interested in is your your Zoom lessons, and you've really you really uh, jumped into that world, and uh, it seems like you've really. Uh, you know, taking advantage of that and filled up yeah. your, your time with lessons and students and what, uh, what can people expect from that? And, and what are you getting out of that? You enjoyed it? Uh, it's well, I'll tell you what, th- there are some things in life that can't be faked. In other words, uh, and, and Daryl, you and I have, have discussed certain techniques when we were talking about kids, kids and football and you, I, I mean, I, I can't even believe it. You know, a few years ago, you're like, I will come up to Boston and and coach your son and you know whatever you know it would be funny like just hey this this guy is going to come up and his friends get together and you show up like it would be like it's just unbelievable to me but you can't fake that i mean you genuinely love to share the information and you genuinely have taken the time in your life to break it down in a way where you could even break it down for a kid oh yeah that is the exact way that I feel and have always felt about teaching, including the fact that I don't improve as much unless I'm talking about this. And so my years of not teaching much didn't yield as much improvement as these past months, couple of years of me getting back into it. So that's what I'm getting out of it. I'm getting better. I love it. I mean, I used to do it for a living and I, I was perfectly happy, you know, as far as, as far as having that in my life. And I, you know what? I don't even want it to ever be out of my life ever again now. I'm always going to keep it in there. That's what I'm... I love it. So... That's really but cool. What I, but what oh, I yeah. did with, with the Zoom that that hasn't been done, that I haven't seen anywhere, is I um, I had a, an automated system built so that it's, um, it's, it's, it's easy to have the lesson times and any way that I want or any protocol for the type of webinar, the amount of people or not, the prices, all of that, it's easy to have that up and running in a short amount of time and I don't have to do anything. You know, it's, it's not as always all me either because, you know, if and when, you know, there's this help, an intern here, a person there, another help, you know, someone else, like I've had um, a, a whole good several amount of people over the years, it get right into my Facebook page or right into whatever social media that have my password that'll go in and check some things out and um, make sure it's cool. It's just stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's management that helps. There's people, you know, all kinds of stuff, helpers, you know, whatever. But the bottom line is it's easy to set it up. So I think for people 
it makes it easy too because you're not bantering back and forth with someone, you know, ba- about dates and times and blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's the time. Right. That's how much it costs. Press the button and pay and it's yours. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that makes it that makes it easier. And it's been really cool to see how many musicians that now you can I mean with social media the the distance between you and your favorite drummer was already pretty short, but now you know, it, whether it's a Twitch stream or a private Zoom lesson or group Zoom lesson like you you can really get access and and gain the knowledge directly from the source and uh, you know I remember going wow. so far in my way to go to drum clinics or buying DVDs out of modern drummer magazines, you know, to, to get somebody's take on something. And now it's like, you can just pay whatever I can just pay pal Mike Mangini and he'll talk to me for an hour and a half. Like that's, that's really, uh, really incredible. And I'm, I'm glad to see so many people, um, have, have taken advantage of it. Do you have a lot of people that are like return students, like consistent students? Oh yeah. Um, what's weird is that I've, 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 put posts out for beginners there are i was told from some friends and peers are like they're afraid of you like that that you're, you're intimidating i'm like i'm not intimidating i'm <laughs> no I'm way even, i could see not, somebody not, no way. thinking that i'm not even six feet i'm not even six feet tall no way <laughs> i could no way. although i could see somebody who's has no experience <clears throat> yeah. thinking like no mike there's no way mike will help me as a beginner but you, you do beginner classes if i can't teach somebody from the gate out of the gate the right thing to do, how, uh, how can any teacher then correct somebody that runs into some sort of bad habit they didn't know they, they you know, accrued or, or developed and without even noticing it? How do you, how do you set, step somebody back unless you know the steps? Right. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, right. uh, I, when I started teaching in the 80s, in the mid-80s, I was asked to teach by a bunch of people in the music complex where I was in, a, I was in a Van Halen uh, tribute band, right? And so, um, a lot of people just would come up and say, "Hey, man, can what do you charge for lessons? Can you help me out? I'm having, you're in practice, and can you just help me?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not a teacher." I'm like, <laughs> and so I, 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 you know, I, I took a, I took a few people on, but I had the sense of responsibility of I- the influence. Influences are important mm-hmm. in life, you know. And it's like, I was influencing these people. There's no way I'm going to steer them into a cliff. So I studied. I practiced. I started reading books on cognitive science. I'm like, why am I different? And I'm like, I'm not different. I know I'm not different. I mean, I have. everyone has unique things and skills and, you know, uh, talents and all of those things. But those are our job. They're seeds. We're obligated to make them grow. That's why they're called the gift. But they don't do anything. They don't do anything if you just don't do anything about it. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, I got to figure out how to grow the seeds. So I just started doing it. And just I've always charged um, a market rate amount of money, if not less. And I'm still doing that right now. I mean, it's like I am I'm just keeping it. I'm keeping the price there. And when I do those, the larger Zoom classes, I'm just like 19 bucks to 20 bucks to 30 bucks, whatever you get. An ad- and then it's a, I, I advertise it for 75 minutes and I talk to people for two, two hours or so, two and a half hours. And, and there's nothing like, I, I never forget this way. When I started teaching, what I want to add to that is I had people come to me saying, well, I wanted to study from this other teacher but they said that i wasn't good enough to take the lessons so i'm not ready for them wow. i'm like excuse mm. me 
<laughs> I, I I literally have run into this. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. least twenty times. I was like, all right, like wait a minute. All right, I can understand if it's a program with a level like a leveled program. You need to be at level four, right, to come into. Uh, that's fine. That's but that's not what this is. This is like no, no, no. You just no. Just you're what you're. My, you're not worth my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's too much work. It was like, well, you come to me. I taught so many of those people. They became some of my closest human friends. You know, like just didn't matter whether they were. Yeah. A student, and there was a difference between me, teacher, and them student. I was going to keep this wall. It's like, no, this is a great person right here, and um, I loved it. And it's happening now. It's happening right now. That's I awesome. Mean, I'll, I'll, I'll some, it's amazing. Let, let's just say a, a young person who was in out, out of Romania uh, studying, and she had taken oh however many years of lessons and could not do a double stroke roll. Just couldn't do it. And I understand why, given the way she explained. Now this is a big class one of my labs and um you know I, I could see right away exactly what it was and I just like let her go blah 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 and this is the cool thing about the labs is people watch me problem solve in real time with no preconceived notion some of the classes are like give me your questions and they just watch me problem solve because I have the good system to do that so this this particular uh girl I told her exactly what to do and in less than 30 seconds she was doing a double stroke and teared <laughs> you know, yeah, because you're so happy, and like that's you ask me why I do it. That's it. There you go. That's the gift right there. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. www.rhythmknowledge.com to check out all the information. Sign up for lessons, beginners, advanced, intergalactic, yeah. interplanetary. You know anybody, any musician too. I mean, I've had so many musicians. When I was at Berkeley, I had saxophone players, guitarists. A lot of guitarists studied with me. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> it's, it's the same thing. Their down up, their down up stroke is the same as my right and left. The brain's doing the same thing. The rhythms are the same. The, the four fingers are like my four limbs. It's like my C and C limb system. I've got on Vimeo. The guitar players are, are, are renting that now, and it's it's transforming them. So, but but Justin, the basic thing is just people should just look my name up, especially like MikeMangini.com. Then you can get to Rhythm Knowledge, which is the name of my method. Um, you can get to Vimeo where the video on demands are. You can get to the actual, you know, uh, Zoom sign up page, which is on Rhythm Knowledge, whatever it is. Just Cameo. Um, you'll, you'll look my name up. It's all there. It's all there. And it's all, all those links are going to be in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, oh, okay. you want to check it out, just scroll up, hit the little yeah. link, and then you're off to the races. So um, a view from the top of the world 10 21 lessons, football. I mean, is there anything. You're not all over right now, Mr. Mangini. <laughs> uh, no, in, in, in fact, um, what's amazing is, 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 is one of the return students sent me some darts because I had mentioned one day, you know, I was playing darts with... I love uh, darts. Well, I didn't even mention it. I think it, was, I think it was known from the Dream Theater camp. And, um, <laughs> you know, so um, uh, our, our resident guitar tech, Maddie. Um, took, he took a, a, a microphone, like a really heavy duty, like microphone stand that went up high and bolted a block of wood and put a dartboard on it for me. <laughs> I actually, I actually drove, I, I packed it up and drove back from New York 
to my home with that thing. And it's, it's, it's right, you know, it's, it's, it's in the, one of the studio rooms over there. It's right out in the open. And that's it's beautiful. Like really, I just, I like throwing stuff. I like yeah. hitting stuff. I got I really like, into darts over the last year about watching dart, like competitive darts. It's, it's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. The psychology of it is what blows my mind is like, you can more like demoralize your opponent by doing well. And, and then they just keep making mistakes. And it's just the whole thing is very, very interesting to me. And one of the best parts of it is it's accepted to go in a pub and have lots of beer right. and, and mm-hmm. throw the darts. And exactly. It's okay, and it's okay if you miss because at this point, the good time and the beer is more important. Right. Absolutely. Good times, sharp objects, alcohol. I'm there for it. A Mike, bit, a little bit. as always, a pleasure to have you on the Everyman podcast here in the Cosmic Canoe with us. And uh, can't wait to get our hands on the new record. And we'll be seeing you soon, I'm sure. I hope so. And the only the only thing left here is with some of my comments, Daryl. I mean, you usually I, 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 I need you to throw a line in here or, or, or some anecdote or some kind of uh, some kind of take on the joy of coaching and teaching um, when you have a strong method and system like the impact of a method and system and how it affects like how have you seen this maybe elevate some coaches at times over others not that you want we, we want to say one's better than you know we know i don't want to demean or do nothing like that but i'm just saying some just have a a thing a method and it seems what do you think is that is that a key um I, I think i think a lot of it has to do with just understanding and I think it has to do with understanding the player, understanding the environment that they're, they're that they're in, and then being able to pull out the gyms and have fun with with respect to what they're doing. Which is why I love teaching uh, young players because they're receptive, and it's 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 why you see, which is why we talk about Alec, and I can't wait to get out there and get my hands on him and turn him into a beast, which is definitely going to happen. That's still on the docket, um, but you see young people get burned out by the method because there is no plan for them. Um, you have tons of uh, fathers that might have been, you know, I don't know, former football players, and they just want to see kids car crash into each other. And that's considered bravado or machismo. And that's, you know, no. What that is is you are teaching bad habits and you are burning kids out because they're like, you know what? I don't really like this. I don't really like having this improper technique and I'm going to go crash into my friend and I'm going to hurt myself or I'm going to hurt them. Right. And then you don't you don't have success at where it is that your place, which is defensive line, offensive line, secondary linebackers, quarterback, running back, because you don't know you don't have the proper tools to be able to negotiate all those little things, which is what everything is, whether it's music, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, baseball, everything starts from something small. And if you can grasp the small concepts, it's, it's, it's similar to your teaching methodology is you plant the seed of change so you can experience the growth, right? And that growth is uncomfortable, but it starts from something small. If you can get people, players, uh, musicians to grasp the small things, then the big things will come in time and they'll, they'll come more efficiently, they'll come easily, and you'll get more enjoyment. And what I love about this whole conversation, which is what we've been talking about thus far, is the, the-, the thematic of change and the thematic of growth, right? You pour into someone else, Mike, like you always do, which is why I love you. And not only not only does someone else grow from the change you're trying to affect within within them by passing on the knowledge, 
you it's reciprocated in sharpening your own skills, which is why I love what you're doing with Alien and what what you did with respect to that. That 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 thematic of change has always been there. Why do I have this smaller kit? Well, I have the smaller, the smaller kid because of the realities of the world of where I'm going, whether it's, hey, can I fit all of this in this one little venue or no? Well, you know, I, I don't need all of these, these, these big extras. But if I can still get that same big sound out of something smaller, I'm sharpening my skill set. The, the full breadth of what it is I'm able to do as one of the best drummers in the world is, is being sharpened. And you pour that into Joe fan of Mike Mangini that goes to your website that, 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 that actualizes within your classes. And then it's, again, you sharpen your own skills, which is, which is what I love. Same thing in football. When I'm coaching young kids, same thing is all, all the coaches that have poured into me. It's all about sharpening skills. It's all about change and it's all about growth. And as long as you're pouring into someone else, which is essentially what it is we do on this podcast, it's going to come back 10 times over. So, yeah, you know, uh, and do we have another, are we rushing out? Because I do want to ask you something else. Justin, how are we doing? Can, can I ask another question or, you know? Okay, all right, cool. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> all, right. all right, all right. So um, as, uh, as, a, as an amendment to the last question, an, an addition uh, or an enhancement, um, with the coaching... And, uh, and everything you just said, um, how how much of a role, if any, and I don't know that you've pictured this or do whatever, is the the bigger picture of where someone's going as far as knowing the steps, as far as like, if, so if you know the step, which I think alludes to, I, I, I'm not saying this the best way, so, so give me about 30 seconds to get it out, um, which alludes to, okay, the bad technique just to hit the player, which I interpret that as very narrow-minded, short-sighted. You're only looking at this thing, and you're not seeing, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute now. This is your position relative to the other positions, and you are a whole team, and if you do this, it's in conjunction with that. Getting a big picture, which I think the phrase get everyone on the same page mm-hmm. is an excellent phrase when you're looking at the play because the play is on a page. But even bigger than that, when you're teaching and learning or people are coaching you or you're coaching, is this combination of, yes, it's in the micro in the moment. It's got to be because someone's going to hit you right now and you're going to hit them. So, all right, it's, it's that micro moment with micro techniques and push-offs or whatever you're doing. But it's also the macro at the same time. It's like, it's almost like, it, it, it reflects reality with four dimensions, three of space and one of time. I think when I, when I try to learn something, I try to see it in the spatial dimensions and like, let me see everything about this for, in this space in the concept of time. So anyway, that, that's a little probably weird and deep, but um, point is how much of the perspective affect, do, do you think affects a more solid coaching method in football like a a coach that's going to get the job done just quicker and better well i I think you know i I always start micro so you can understand macro so if 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 a, a child a kid cannot see the macro if they don't understand that micro and they'll never get and grasp where they fit into the to the giant puzzle the giant puzzle if they don't understand the, themselves as a piece 
You, you understand? So it's yeah, like because it's a physical experience, and it's like they got it, and it's like wow. Absolutely. If if uh, you know, case in point, if I have a defensive lineman, uh, you know, hey, why, coach, is it when you know this other guy that's across from me puts his hands on me and it keeps me from getting to where you want me to be, which is the quarterback? To me, if I'm at a game and I see eight year olds playing, and the coach says, "Well, you just got to get there. Like you got to get around. Like that's not acceptable to me." Okay, what what are you teaching him? Step one, you see what I'm saying? So he understands the big picture of where it is you want him to be, which is at the quarterback. So, all right, his hands go out. You got to understand, all right, well, how is it that I can inflict my, I guess, my 8-year-old, 11-year-old, whatever it is, will yes. on this individual to get there? Start Step one, hands are on me. How do I disengage from the hands? How do I how, – how, how can I um, – how can I use leverage? How can I uh, how can I use three points three points of where it's wrist, elbow, uh, underneath arm or shoulder? How do I break down those each one of those little bitty steps to get there? All right. Once I understand how to get the hands away, then it's just a matter of getting to there. Oh, now I got to point my toe. It, wherever my toe goes, that's where I'm going to go. If my my toe is pointing away then I'm never going to get to the QB. Even if I've dis, if I've disengaged from the man, even if I've displaced the man at any one of those three points. Now, here's the cool thing with it, Mike. Once you capitalize on those three points and you get that child to point his toe to the QB and they get home and they experience success and they understand where they are at, at that position. We're just talking about defensive line, right? defensive line now, and they understand the big picture, which is what you've always wanted. I want you to go make plays and get to the quarterback, and they do it safely. They they execute at every stage. Then they understand the process, and they can be able to have a skill set. Now, as a, as a young kid, think about it, at eight years old, nine years old, ten years old, and they're saying, you know what, I, I'll, you know what I, if, if I can win at this point, this point, and this point, and then get home, all I need to do is start – working on my skill set at each one of these little individual points, which is going to make me a better athlete overall. They'll take that into other positions. And then the team will understand it's all about those little things so that we can collectively experience success. That's great. That's, that's, that's awesome. I've, you know, I, I'm wondering if, if this mindset of yours, uh, which has, you could, you could see it as the micro world you're talking about maybe is a mini macro world with a bunch of micros. And yeah. so you're not thinking about what, what, what uh, your, your, your free safety is doing because you're just not going to help you at that moment. So like, like that big macro is too big. I wonder if there's a mini, a mini macro. But I really wonder if your mindset being in such a micro was to, when you were playing football to keep you, your eyes off all the actresses and people and pretty girls all, all over the stands. Like, is it, do you think that was a, just a, an ulterior motive to this, just to keep you focused and away from looking into the stands and all that stuff? Well, that mini macro, that mini macro. Like <laughs> mini the macro. Thing, that, the, the cool thing about it is that mini macro, even if you, even if you have somebody that's, you know, two, two levels behind you as a defensive lineman, yeah. I know right now if I succeed here, I'll make my job, I'll make his job easier, you know, for coverage. So, and then, that's how you develop a team. All right, but but it, but it wasn't about like looking into the stands. Like like for me, I, I don't look into the crowd. I, it's like takes my mind off it. I'm just kidding with you here. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I'm just like, but it, but it's like it's it's interesting because I've had some mistakes made on stage, like being in sports venues and like when I played at the uh, Pontiac 
Um, uh, uh, was it? It's, is it the Silver Dome? The Silver Dome, the, yeah. Well, yeah, but uh, wait a minute. Where, where did the Pistons? Where did the Pistons? Win oh, the, the Palace. The palace at Auburn Hills. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, so I'm in the Palace and I'm looking up and I'm playing there, and you know, and I'm and I'm seeing the Detroit Pistons banners going. That Bill Lambert. Oh, and I'm getting all upset, right? And then I make a mistake on stage. I'm like, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it brought back such a memory, you know? Yeah. I was like, wow, where's, where's Vinny the microwave going to come off the bench? You know, anyway. <laughs> ruin uh, so, the, ruin right, the so, show. The Pistons right, ruining so, the world. The ru- ruin the finals. ruining the show. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, you guys know my style. I'm just throwing some absurd humor into the uh, no, no, no. Sure. That's I what we're it. here for, Mike. I love it. That's what we're here for. So into the situation. So yeah, I mean, on the same page, though. You know, can I ask you another question? Sure, please. What, in what way are the plays organized in the playbook as far as uh, categorically? How, I mean, because you you could probably have three or four different ways of organizing. Well, do you do? Is it by distance? Is it by name? Is it by Pass or run or what or, or shape or what is the organization? Yeah, like what's the, the first breakout? Like what's, um, it's, what's it's 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 category. You you hear Bill you, you hear Bill Belichick talk about it all the time. Situational football. It's it's all organized by situation. So you know uh, you know uh, first down, second down third down, you know, what all of those situations, third and long is a third and short, you know what I mean? And all the different preparation that goes in for each of those situations that you know are going to, you know, you're going to encounter throughout the course of a football game. So you're always prepared. Oh, it's third and short. It's this point in the game. It's during this time we have plays for all of these different situations. So uh, offense, defense, um, special teams, it's organized just like that. Wow. I wonder it, you know, listening to Bill Walsh, you know what I got was like, I, I'm, I'm seeing some kind of solve. I, I love to do this kind of thing. I, I just like puzzles. But it's almost like when, when I've uh, I heard Bill Walsh talk that there could be some organization by shape within the situation or uh, so that it's like a, it's like, okay, so you've got, you've got fourth and one and it is on your own 45-yard line, which is not so bad, but it's at this time in the game, which makes it really bad. Or it makes it this. So, 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 I, so you put all that into the situation. But, but within that situation, I wonder if the, if, the, if the players would have the actual entire playbook set memorized by distance and shape such such that the quarterback could audible something bizarre that's not in the prepared situation you know i i, I just mm-hmm. wonder how, how that mind is thinking saying well wait a minute the shape you know, like, let's just say the shape of the shape of um let's say the running back going out in a v for a pass okay like just 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 right right past the line um is 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 a distance thing that's like made to get x amount of yards and it will be enough except in this situation no so would you think quickly that the defense will see that and send someone just like four yards more and take the risk like this is wild but right right the shape the actual shape of the distance and not just eight plays from the situation or is it that there's so much to remember that a football team can only 
put so much in the head and it's like well, just, it, it's it's fascinating you, you, it's fascinating that you say that mike because if you think about like well to me the game the way i picture whether it's plays or just anything in general like it's it's all about justin's busting out of his room. <laughs> no, no no not at all not at all it's it's to me to me it's it's, it's all about association so like when you throw out something like a shape for a, a certain situation to me as a player, I would think it's easier to recognize or associate this situation with a shape as opposed to, I don't know, some half paragraph long play that you have to account for all these different, you know, permutations that could, you know, come about while you're out there, you know, pre-snap adjustment versus post-snap adjustment. Well, I know the shape of this, the arc of that means that I need to, um, uh, execute in such a way, I'm like you say, I'm gonna let that player go a little bit bit longer as opposed to what we had before, which is all based on, you know, um, what was called to me in the on the sideline by by the DC or the or the OC. You know what I mean? It's like using a- using the geometry to project where they're gonna be based yeah, off of how yeah. they can actually right, right. make the angles. Now I, I I get, I think that's probably why some coordinators like being up in the box. Yeah, well, you can see from above. That's the whole right. thing. You can see the page from above. You're on that one page, mm-hmm. and you, you've got that ultra macro. But but at the end of the day, how tough is it, though? I mean, oh, my gosh. I mean, the heat of the moment, the speed of the game, the fact that, that the defense knows you're going to probably know what they're thinking based on the fact that you studied what they did and they did something X amount of times. It's just so much. You can't be perfect. You know what I, I think about? That's why we watch it all day long on a Sunday because yeah. mm-hmm. there's there's un, it's I use the, the baseball analogy where it's like you, you kind of can have seen everything that can happen in a baseball game at this point, at least from my perspective. And football, you just you don't well, know what's going to. I have I haven't played the national anthem yet. So. That's true. That's true. Well, I, 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 actually, actually, Tony Larusa asked me if I would do that, and then really was he a dream theater fan? Happened. Yeah, uh, he, he, he's he's been a friend. He's been that's awesome. He's been, a, he's been a good friend for for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. In fact, I think I was the. I might have been like the third person he told he got the Boston job. He picked he picked nice. me up. At, he picked me up at my hotel in Arizona because he's with the Diamondbacks, and he's like, "Come on, we're gonna go hang out with the coaches." And I got to hang out with the Diamondback coaches Dude. all night, eating food, you know, having a couple of beers, lis- listening to them say what they had to say. Me with my hair down here, going, you know. What about this? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought maybe? Yeah. Have you ever, yeah. No, 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 no. A Hall no, of Fame I, baseball coach. Yeah. But, but anyway, why was I saying that? I was saying that. Um, oh gosh. Uh, there was, oh no, I know. It's things you haven't seen at a baseball game, right? Okay. So, uh, but at the end of the day, though, you know, with this whole thing with the playbook and the memorization and how difficult professional anything is being a professional anything i'm talking like you know the hvac guy that i'm not going to call because i'm going to call my two really good buddies that do that because i know they know this stuff and i know they care about me and so it's like the reality is not everybody can do it i almost feel like this at the end of the day that it's not so much having the perfect system 
as it is more important that a team buys into a system at all mm-hmm. so that they're so that they are moving as one unit they buy into it and no one's pulling away from that feeling so that if you're here you know your 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 brother your teammate is going to be there doing their thing and it's almost like I think a team with that mentality could almost develop a sixth sense, trying to sense where everyone's going to be because you talk about it, not because it's, it's, it's just something that happens. It's like literally in a meeting going, buy, you've got to buy into the system. It's the only thing that's going to matter here, and if we make any changes to it, fine, it's not perfect. And you know what? These 19 plays, you know what? They're not perfect, and we probably left out four that would be more fun or whatever, but they are what they are. Yeah. And you buy into the system and we go out as a unit. So that's what I think of the macro, macro, looking at the page and then, you know, your whole thing about the, the micro and then, of course, the steps in between. And it's yeah. just like, it's just, it, I think it makes for a great experience for any kind of teaching or coaching and any kind of player or student, both of those things. It's just cool. Just great stuff. Now, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Slave to the process. I'm a slave to the process. I love it. You have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mike Mangini. A view from the top of the world, October twenty second, Dream a Theater. The a view from the top of the world. <laughs> this was all a lead up to that plug. Mike, as always, my brother. Great seeing yeah, you, man. Yeah, and I, I, I don't tell a lie. We didn't plan that. That was the, just that. <laughs> the cosmic I, canoe. I, I'm not even fibbing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Evil, yes. Yeah, Mike, was, we'll see you soon, my funny, man. It's a funny word. It's as good as. Uh, Buick and hemoglobin. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Daryl, what's a funny football word? We'll end. I'll let you end it. A funny football word? Yeah. What's fun to say? Just a word that's funny to say. Oh, man. A funny football word. That's a good one. Um, Well, screws, screws to screws. Interesting. What does it mean? So, like, if you go to hit someone, screws to screws your helmet. Oh. Screws to screws. You don't want that. You want to be down from that so you have a good angle to hit. Head to the side, good form tackle. If you go screws to screws, chances are you're going to get a concussion or break your neck. Or worse. Screws is a good term. Screws to screws. What? All right, you, so you didn't come up with What anything. better way to, <laughs> <laughs> to wind this down? Something absurd about the locker room. All screws right. to <laughs> screws. All screws right. to screws.